0: Hello everybody. This is Randy Dick on the Return of Life podcast. Return of Life podcast is really about how what, how we get the most out of life and not always the return on investment but the return on life. And I have an amazing guest today, Danielle Andrews. Danielle's from Tallahassee, Florida, and she's an amazing agent and she was a finalist, actually, for the 30 Under 30. So that is a really impressive stat. But uh, Daniel has been in business since 2016. And you're owner of Realty One Group Next Generation, uh, a franchise. And so there's some really cool things that I want to unpack with, uh, with that. But why don't you share a little bit about uh, who you are, a little bit about your story, and then we'll dive deep into Return on Life
1: yeah thank you so much randy i am so happy to be here like you mentioned i am in tallahassee florida florida's capital up in the northwest big bend area as we call ourselves of florida Um, I was actually born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I uh, consider myself a native Floridian almost. I've been um, in Florida since uh, I was just about seven years old, Um, and so I grew up actually in Largo, Florida, just um, outside of Tampa and Pinellas County near St. Pete Clearwater, and my parents actually still live there so I love love beaches love pools love wearing flip-flops I definitely bring that to the North Florida um atmosphere for sure I have been in real estate now for about seven years and every day is so different, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to be the broker and owner of our um, Realty One Group franchise here in Tallahassee, the Next Generation Office. And as we're rapidly growing in the last about almost a year that we've been in the Tallahassee market, we are certainly painting Tallahassee black and gold, and as we say, opening doors um, throughout our area.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And obviously, you started another brokerage, but why would you move forward with owning and owning operating your own brokerage? Does that have any piece on return on life for you?
1: Oh, 100%. I um, actually started um, in real estate while I was teaching. And for a long time, I thought my career trajectory was going to be kind of making an impact Um through the education sphere. I just knew one day, like I'd be the secretary of education and, you know, superintendent and all of these different leadership roles and helping um, shape and form policy and education. Um, I always really enjoyed helping people. I dabbled back and forth at one time as being a lawyer and social work, kind of anything that was dealing with, with helping people. I had no idea how much you actually genuinely help people when you are in real estate and when you're doing it right. But the other piece that kind of really, truly, when you examine it, combines my educational background, my knowledge and skills and ability in real estate, and my desire to help and make an impact That really sums up being a broker, right? Because we get the true joy of seeing our agents be successful. My greatest goal is for our agents to be as successful as they want to be. If they want to sell a million transactions, I'm cheering you on and we're devising a plan to figure out what that looks like, how do we help you achieve that? If there is a certain income goal that they have that they want to make, we're working together and we're training and figuring out what that looks like and helping expose to new opportunities and things. And so being a broker really definitely to me is a return on life. Um, action because it is so fulfilling. It, it It's so weird, but it gives me joy when an agent calls any time of the day, right? And I'm able to help guide them through a problem, something that they kind of seem stuck on and seems like, I don't know that there's necessarily a way out of this and me presenting an outside perspective or having dealt with this situation previously awakens them to something they hadn't thought of they come to a win-win solution for um, all parties involved and they're able to close that transaction uh, successfully and with a high level of integrity
0: awesome answer and you know that is a theme that i hear over and over with the guests that are on return on life doesn't matter what walk of life is if it's real estate accounting, you know, I interview a lot of business owners as well. And it's always about the servant hearted person, they get so much more out of life by giving, rather than always receiving. And so I hear that in your answer and in your voice. That's just awesome. Awesome stuff. Is there something that you live by daily? Is there a principle or a rule that you live by daily that uh, you'd like to share? So
1: growing up, I never, ever thought I would, (laughs) this adage would play so true in my life. But my mom would say it all the time. And it really just laid the foundation for my life. Um, She would always tell me to whom much is given, much is required. And I... I think that that certainly holds true in my role as a broker, in my life in general and all that um, I do. I think in real estate, that that holds true, right? Um, the more you add to your portfolio, there, there's a lot, right? The more income our agents make, their tax liability might increase those requirements, the, you know, just a variety of things. Um, CE requirements increase and all of these different things, but that really is my, um leadership philosophy it very much servant spirited i believe that the broker essentially is a support staffer not the, not the leader per se of the office it's not all about the broker our brand um our reputation as a company is largely driven by our agents and so i am a support and a conduit to help them achieve that remind them of the risk management that comes into these transactions and help keep them and their family safe, but I am here to support them.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. I have a saying, one life, one legacy. I love
1: it. I love it. One life,
0: one legacy. You have one life to live and you only have one opportunity to create a legacy, which it sounds like you're doing and your brokerage lives that through their agents as well. How many people do you have? How many agents do you have in your brokerage, Danielle? Danielle.
1: There are 14 agents um, uh, in addition to me and it's over the last, so our brokerage soft opened with ROG where it was just me. You know, we were still kind of getting some different things together, but we were officially licensed as a corporation with the state. And that was technically in June, but it was uh, 2022, excuse me, but it wasn't um until really in the fall of 2022 that we got going. We had our grand opening in November, 2022. So we have been able to grow rapidly in a short period of time. And there's still um, lots of interest and things coming down in the pipeline and uh, awesome endeavors that we are releasing. But I really enjoy the paced growth. To me, it's not about our office having the highest agent count. Like We can give that award to another brokerage. Certainly believe in quality, certainly believe in being able to help our agents grow and expand their knowledge, right? The more you know, um, you can do more with. And so to me, I'd rather have a smaller number of wonderful agents achieving their goals and doing so while giving their customers a great experience than to have a high number of agents with half of them engaged and half of them producing and different things of that sort. So I love the pace to grow. And it, it's really helped the fam- uh, familial aspect and um, the training and coaching environment of our office, too.
0: Oh, fantastic. You know, along the way, life throws us a few curveballs and a few things. And, um, you know, they can be very challenging, very difficult. I call them crucible moments. And um, is there some crucible moments, and that could be in your life, or that could be in your business, that you've gone, man, this is really hard. But after you've fought through it, after you've worked your way through it, you realize that it was actually a blessing instead of a curse. Is there something you want to share with the theme of, you know, getting return on life?
1: Yeah, so I, I think that's happened to me, you know, several different times in life, um, you know, and I will use an example um, that's not even um, so much a business example. I think oftentimes, right, so to those of you who list, are listening who may be considering purchasing a property, right, the one example in business is that I have never had a customer who's lost out on one property that when we actually went under contract on the right one didn't feel like now I see why the others didn't work out. They've been so happy with that. So business-wise, that is definitely something that holds true, um, at least for my customers and I, but personally, I actually, not to get too deep, but I, I love it sharing. And I think this inspires, um, go deep, go deep if
0: you yeah. want <laughs>
1: um, my husband and I, we got married almost three years ago in 20 May, 2020. So pandemic marriage and, mm-hmm. um, You know, nothing else really better to do. So shortly thereafter, we we were pregnant and we were so excited and um, things. And, you know, we get to the first appointment and things. By that point, they kind of try to time you to where they typically should be able to see the heartbeat. But the doctor wasn't concerned, thought I may just be uh, not as far along as we thought. So they scheduled me for the following week well in that time frame of leaving the appointment to the next appointment we learned that i was experiencing a miscarriage and we had you know some um you know a procedure to fully terminate the pregnancy because my body wasn't responding as well to fully discharging as it should and I was devastated it even though you know the doctor shared with you how common miscarriages are I have a close family member who's experienced that and was really helping um console and nurture me in addition to you know my husband and all of the others it just it feels like a failure it seemed like my body felt I didn't know if I was going to be able to carry more children I'm newly married I'm like oh my husband definitely wants kids we want kids and I don't know if I'm going to my body's going to allow me to do it. And there was all of these doubts, lots. I got a lot accomplished business-wise because I couldn't sleep. So there were many of nights where I think I was getting one or two hours of sleep. My anxiety was filled. And so, um, a few months later, actually, and the doctors did tell us this, that it's easier, actually, after a miscarriage, apparently, to get pregnant. We got uh, pregnant with my now son, Omri. Um, our son is going to be two years old this May. Uh-huh. And he is just the most perfect little thing. He's growing and learning at rates that astonishes us. He he can piece together and say some words. We're like, Where did you learn that? So that personally was probably one of the greatest curveballs. I didn't expect that I was young. And you know, you just think that you'll be able to have a child never really think about the possibilities of what is and so that gave me a lot of um pause and self-growth I um, actually participated in therapy for the first time um overcoming that and it helped grow our marriage and I'm so you know seems weird to say but I'm actually very grateful that we experienced that grateful for our son Omri and all of the learning lessons from that
0: awesome awesome yeah some of the uh, the most challenging things in my life have turned out to be some of the biggest blessings in my life as well absolutely and um you know, you speaking about uh, your, your son, Omri and so forth, I'm gonna be a grandparent here shortly. <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited about this whole process of- uh, Congratulations. The, yeah, I'm really pumped on that. So with that, so, you know, getting married, you got, a, got an amazing husband, Omri, an amazing uh, son. How do you set boundaries with work, life, yourself. I mean, we we still have to feed ourselves and do all that. How do you make that work in your day to day?
1: You know, I'm still constantly growing and I only feel like fairly recently that I get to a comfortable balance about maybe six months ago with really feeling confident in my schedule and being able to stick to that pretty regularly. So I am now um, most nights home between about five and six o'clock. Um, and it varies just depending on if there's dinner leftovers and I need to cook, (laughs) um, between that. And I've been able to do that consistently. Um, I've implemented opportunities on Sundays and Thursdays actually. Mm. So kind of beginning of the week and midweek where my husband and I, we talk about what we have going on that week. We, um, see if we need any coverage for Armory, if Armory comes with us for something we have going on. I love bringing Armory on showings. Now, not so much for pool homes or homes with stairs because he just he gets crazy around those but i really truly enjoy Um, bringing him and allowing him to see these different homes and exposing him to real estate at such a young age. I was uh, once on a buyer consultation and he was yabbing in his car seat and I joked with the customers that that I said, I think my son has been around this for so long from womb to actual life that he's trying to conduct the consultation with you. So I do enjoy bringing our family in those environments. My husband has come on several different showings. um, So we have to communicate effectively on that. We do also have a great support system. My sister-in-law that lives here locally, she is so helpful with um, always agreeing and being willing to watch Omri. We have some cousins and things here locally. My parents often come up. So we have a great network and support system. So between all of that and making the conscious decision to choose to put my family first and come home for those few hours, and usually sometime around eight thirty or so, I'll pull my laptop back open and work on um, any things that you know are still lingering for the day. But I have made it a conscious decision that what's not done by five six o'clock just is going to be put off either this evening this evening if it's time sensitive or till the next day, and I'll get it done. And I am commanding my time in such a way that typically allows me to complete it.
0: Hmm. That's interesting that you're taking Amory with you. Uh, my daughter is now a realtor as well. And I joke with people that she's been selling real estate for 27 years. <laughs> yeah. And they go, how is that possible? Well, she was actually hanging out with me and my wife selling real estate 27 <laughs> years ago. So yeah. all of that talk at the kitchen table, in the vehicle, showing up at a showing, she knows real estate probably better than most real estate agents because she's been doing it for 27 years. <laughs>
1: yeah, she definitely has a head start. I was my husband and I were joking. There was a post on Facebook and it said something along the lines of if you and your spouse um switch jobs, who would uh, get fired first? And for us, it's actually really interesting because now he's been exposed to so much real estate. Um, and then I, we met. He's an educator, and so we met actually where he still currently works. And you know, I have an education background, so we're like, this kind of not really fair. We thought, I don't know who would, who would get quote unquote fired first. So it's funny.
0: Hmm. Okay, here's a bit of a tougher question. Fear. We all live with a bit of fear. Is fear a friend, a foe, or a motivator for you?
1: Fear is definitely a motivator. I will definitely not lie or put on that there are not times where I get fearful or anxious or doubt um, myself however i actually have this as a tattoo so my dad says you, you know you you got a tattoo you really got to live live to it so i have a tattoo on my back that actually says faith over uh, walk by faith excuse me and then some little footsteps and so that is a constant reminder of faith over fear and that they cannot truly dwell together and so i have i am a fan of some good trouble and that the worst that can, you know, happen, at least for the risk that I'm taking. <laughs> There's probably way worse things than some other people's risks, but the the, the areas that I'm involved in, the, the worst that can happen with this is for actually me to not try, for me to not learn something and for me to not grow. And then I am staying stagnant. And so, you know, just like a flower, right? If we're not growing, then we're we're essentially dying. If we're staying in the same place. And so, in order to achieve further, I have to do the things that scare me. So when I'm setting business goals and I'm saying I want to start a brokerage. I was actually nervous. I was very afraid of, mm. uh, you know, I'm not from Tallahassee. Tallahassee is a very communal and relation, um, relational town. And so although I have great ties here, I have been here for some years. I didn't know if agents were going to come and buy um the ROG model and our um untraditional means right i don't, didn't know how that was going to be received what if i didn't find an office space what if you know we can't stay afloat like i mean all kinds of what ifs and and those still those things do still come up but i wouldn't know any of that right and i would just be living in this unpredictable hypothetical land if i didn't try to move forward i would I ultimately to overcome fear, I really had to get comfortable with failure, right? And that I am not a failure as much as that, that particular action, okay, fail, but it was a learning and growing lesson and I'm moving
0: forward. Cool. What do you think is your, your greatest gift or superpower that you've been given? And when did it, when did you realize you had it?
1: Ooh, that is a good one. Um, And I would say it's probably a tie between strategy and innovation. They go together. And if I absolutely had to choose one, I would say innovation, because I think that that encompasses strategy, how you take things and and make it work. Um, But I didn't actually realize that until a few years ago. Um, I always been a creative, but in a different way. I'm not quite as artsy or like the typical creator, photographer, those types of things, but creative in such a way that between how I soak up knowledge, my um, desire to participate in trainings, right, and learn and grow and listen and study um, and become a student of the industry that I'm in. So that coupled with my desire to help people, my brain seems to work in such a way that I can typically envision the end goal and am able to find the right resources to help get there and it may be uncharted territory we haven't gotten there before but we the the lender for example says hey I actually found out from the underwriter if we do this we can achieve that right um the home buyer or uh, this prospective home buyer finding out that they have I don't know a family member who's willing to give them a gift or they do have a 401k that they could pull from to help make this possible. And so just strategy, innovation, and how we go about getting somewhere, um, being able to see a larger picture and help um, speak to people openly to allow them to help me um, get there and things like that. I think they're definitely some of my greatest strengths.
0: Cool. Great answer. Great answer. So for our listeners, a lot of them are going to be real estate agents looking for return on life. And after 30 plus years, I've seen significant trends and changes happening with real estate agents and how they work and what their expectations are, not only, um, I guess, for income, but but what they want to do with their life. And this is really what's fostered return on life. Where do you see the real estate agent in 10 years from now, how does that look different? Does it look the same? Is there a different version? Are we going to be more involved, less involved? What do you see? Because you're an owner broker, you're talking to agents all the time about their futures. Mm -hmm. What do you see for the future of a real estate agent?
1: Yeah, so I definitely still think that despite all of the technological advances, right, a lot of conversation around AI right now and things like that, um, and I, there there's not going to be a single piece of technology that replaces us. Um, we saw with many companies that their iBuyer buyer type programs and things like that weren't as successful because at the end of the day, there is not a piece of technology that can replace the the knowledge the um the skill set and ability um of an agent and and here's a prime example sometimes agents get clients that want to be in a specific neighborhood, a very, very, very specific neighborhood. And they're not going to buy unless something comes up in that neighborhood. Um, it's maybe likely one of those neighborhoods. I have too many of
0: those right now. Right. You
1: know, it, it happens all the time. And it's usually likely one of those neighborhoods where pretty much most of the homes are the same. And so you, you kind of pretty much know if something comes up, my person's going to get it it is often a common strategy to you know reach out to those homeowners off market things like that i just structured a transaction like that and it closed at the end of march right um through my ability to do that off market, to bring all these pieces together, even helped the um, sellers of that property sell the Airbnb furniture that they had. They did this entire transaction from a distance. There's nothing that replaces that human touch. Yes, I'm sure a computer could mail that neighborhood and do all of these different things. But the idea that technology will be able to replace the agent's ability to nurture to guide, to help advise and things like that, there's and provide value. Those key terms are what it's not going to be replaceable. The agents who do not make themselves valuable, they they absolutely will be missed. They can be replaced because there, there's value that's missing. So the technology will replace that. But when you make yourself valuable, you um have become so um Intertwined with your customers, right? And building that relationship over just facilitating a transaction, you are the, the customer's realtor for life, regardless of how real estate trends. They're coming to you and they're excited to work with you. They're excited to refer you. And I don't think, you know, no matter how much time passes, that we will um, be replaced. Some of our competitors will get a little different and more crafty, certainly, but those adding value, those building relationships will not be replaced.
0: Yeah, so agree with you. Uh, a little task that I often do every three to six months is I bring out a sheet of paper and I write a line down the middle. One side says green, one side says red, and I'm always self-evaluating. Okay, how important am I to this process? If I'm if I don't need to be involved, that can go onto the red side, and that is where either an assistant or let's call it AI, can start to take over those pieces. Mm-hmm. But there's so many, the real money-making tasks are always on the green side, and it mm-hmm. always involves moi.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That personal touch, that human touch. We're in a contact sport, and yes. people need us, so we'll always be valuable. But um, But there's more and more things landing on the red side over Mm -hmm. time so we just have to really be aware of that yeah yep agreed is there anything that has limited your success and limited your return on life that if you could like re back up the bus so to speak and move forward Mm -hmm. what would it be
1: Mm, ooh, that's a good question. I have never really um, thought about that because actually going back to what we were speaking of earlier, you know, even if during the, mo- in the moment, it seemed like I'm never gonna get out of this. It was so tough. I don't understand why, like, oh goodness, what was me? Um, they have truly been training moments and a part of my course and journey. Um, I think, I don't know that it would be a moment as much as it would be people. I would love for some of the individuals in our lives who have passed to come back. I think that they'd add, you know, just 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 such fun memories and touches to to now to just further expand and just make life even more enjoyable. I told my husband time and time again, I, I got to Tallahassee just a little bit too late. I came in 2014. Um, and his mom passed away in 2013. So about a year later, I'd gotten here. And it would have been so amazing to meet her. I hear all the time how great of a cook she was and just different. I would love to learn those recipes Um, just gain knowledge and insight from her with of course love for her to have met um, our son Omri and be holding and interacting with him so I don't know necessarily that I would undo anything from the past because every single thing has made me who I am um today, but I would certainly love to be who I am today, where I am today with all of the people <laughs> in my family at least that I pretty much started um life with and were here and watched me, you know, grow up and things.
0: What brought you to Tallahassee?
1: Grad school. So again, thinking totally nothing on real estate, thinking I was going to move up in education. I had finished my time at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. I was coming for my master's at Florida State, and I was going to be studying education policy. And while in grad school, I'd started teaching so I could you know start gaining that experience. I knew I wanted to go the policy route, but I never wanted to be someone in policy that didn't actually have classroom experience. So I Wanted to, you know, start in the classroom, gain some uh, school level based leadership um, positions, and you know, move up as an administrator and things before really focusing on policy. So it is so funny that that's what brought me here, but uh, <laughs> I have not really touched um, education much uh, since, since stepping out of the industry.
0: Well, there's the uh, the law of vibration, the yeah. law of proximity. And all that. So there was another reason why you were brought to Tallahassee, I think.
1: Absolutely. Actually, at the school I was teaching at, that's where I met my husband. Um We we weren't dating for anything at that time. Actually, for several years, we were friends. And then when I moved away and things like that, before coming back to Tallahassee, we had started dating um and things. So meeting him was definitely um, in the plan and one of the reasons to move here originally.
0: Right on. So I'll finish off with this question. We'll do a little bit of a a speed round at the end. But being that you're in education or that you started out in education, I think there's two gifts that we as people, as children, have in abundance. And as we grow older, we often push them aside. And those two gifts are curiosity Mm -hmm. and our imagination. Absolutely and uh, over over the course of time whatever that is things come our way whatever we shut down our curiosity and we turn off our imagination which you know the imagination is the most powerful vision board we have you know people build vision boards and I go well why would you build a vision board this thing up here is so incredible so it seems so simple so easy but do uh, do you tap into your curiosity and your imagination in your day-to-day life
1: oh yes absolutely and i think that's what helps those, those strengths that we were talking about in innovation and strategy and vision it's, the greatest leaders absolutely you know have to be curious and and have an imagination because i mean so imagination's root word is image right and so seeing the the larger picture and realistically i mean it's only really crazy until it happens and there are so many things that began in someone's imagination the the fact that we're on zoom right now i'm sure it began in someone's imagination and all of the just technological advancements and um, just even societal policies and advancements and things started in someone's imagination. Um, Invention started because someone was curious and a large part of my success has been from fueling curiosity. How did this work? How did this person achieve success? Not being afraid to ask them, ask that person out to lunch and or attend a training to gain some more information or you know, imagine, this uh, this success and you know all of these things and work diligently and consistently to make it happen. Absolutely,
0: awesome, awesome answer. Okay, so a little bit of a speed round here. We're gonna try and uh, wrap it up here on Return on Life podcast. So when you want to get a little bit more out of life, what do you do to let your hair down? What do you do? You got nothing going on. You get a free day. What does Danielle do? for
1: fun? I absolutely love binge watching TVs and shows. Um, one of my husband and I's uh, joint passion. So he is a, a film television like enthusiast. He knows every actor's name. Um, and so the, the acting is his true passion in industry. And so he's shown me so many movies, but we'll often just, you know, sometimes rewatch movies. He'll show me a new movie. We'll finally get a chance to look at a TV show that we hadn't um, gotten a chance to watch together and binge those episodes and do it while lounging across the couch. Like I love my bed, but I have a particular spot on the couch that I love to just lounge across. I try to keep my blanket there so I can do it. And I I love, love spending time with my family and us, just the nothingness of being together, the laughs or different things. And so that is so much fun to me and just a great way to decompress and relax. I love that
0: nothingness. I yes. love that word. That was awesome. Uh, what's your favorite uh, TV series or what are you watching right now for a TV series? Oh my
1: goodness, I constantly watch so many things. I'm like I just recently got hit to Chicago fire. A friend um showed me that. But one of my favorite just sitcoms that I'm watching right now, Abbott Elementary, I absolutely love that show. It is so Hilarious. I love, you know, irony and you know dry humor sometimes and different things. And then especially with it being centered around education and it is just hilarious. Love Abbott Elementary.
0: Awesome. Are you a music lover? I do like music.
1: I I I laugh because I think about all the jokes my husband has made. He's a he's also very um cultured and he knows a lot of music from different decades. I kind of it depending on the song but i kind of cab maybe around the 80s or so so he's like you never heard this song you didn't know this da, 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 da. um and so i do love music yes
0: okay cool text email or a call
1: text i love I just it's quicker
0: <laughs> how about video text have you been doing any video text
1: I have it now. I will audio text a lot um, because it just it's a little easier to explain sometimes. It probably means maybe I should pick up the phone, but I just I just love a quick text. And, you know, I, I love it.
0: Awesome. Audible or hardcover?
1: Audible, you know, I do like hardcover, but time wise, you know, in real estate, you spend a lot of time in your car and different things. And so an, uh, an audiobook is just easier for me to
0: still kind of check both boxes. Okay, cool. Last question. And I'm going to set it up a little bit because you may have to think about this one. If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, if you're a scratch and sniff <laughs> sticker, what would you be? And I, I often go first because I always, it's a bit of a hmm question. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you think a little bit on that. I am a scratch and sniff sticker. Sticker. I am a pina colada with the ocean breeze smell.
1: All mm. together.
0: I love being at the beach. Yes, me? I love that.
1: Ooh, I would say strawberry lemonade, right? So sweet Um, a little, you know, tart or, or sour, I guess, but not sour bad, but more like fun loving the sweet side, like kind of like a sour patch kid, but also like going to be very firm, but fair, like, nope, no, we can't do this. Mm -mm, mm -mm, Not doing that. Um, so I maybe like a strawberry lemonade. I think I have a good level of mix and balance between like (laughs) firm and sweet and fun and loving.
0: That is awesome. Hey, well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me here on Return on Life podcast. You're an amazing guest. Loved your answers. And Danielle, you're amazing. Broker owner of Realty One Group, Next Generation in Tallahassee, Florida. love that name, Tallahassee. (laughs) And uh, just what an honor to have you. So thank you so much. Thank Thank you
1: you for having me. I truly enjoyed it.
0: Right on. Take care.
1: Bye.